Hey, welcome to Life in the Leadership Lane. I'm your host, Bruce Waller, where I get to talk to leaders that are making a difference in the workplace and in our community. What did they do to get started and what are they doing to stay there? And today, I have another special guest. Her name is Dawn Cunningham. Dawn is an HR generalist at the ESC20. She's also certified uh, by HRCI with her PHR and SHRM with her SHRM CP. And uh, of course, she is the current president of SARMA, which is the San Antonio Human Resource Management Association. And I am so excited to have you on the show. Hey, Dawn, how are you doing? Hi, Bruce. I'm excited too. Thank you for having me. It's good oh. to see you. Oh my gosh. So I was always reflect back of when my guests and I, uh, you know, whenever I first met them or learned about them or were inspired by them. And for you, of course, it's been through Texas Sherm. And we just got through a meeting just not too long ago at our annual state meeting in Fort Worth. And I thought that was a great meeting. What'd you think about it? Yes, it was great. I love to get together with the, uh, the counterparts around Texas and um, that's, you know, really the only opportunity I get to see, uh, colleagues outside of San Antonio, like yourself and others around Texas. And so I love collaborating and, and sharing best practices. It's always good, good stuff. Yeah. So we, uh, meet the, the last, uh, the Saturday uh, before the HR Southwest conference, which was absolutely fantastic, uh, to meet once again. But one thing that always stands out, Don, is every time we meet together for a Texas Share meeting, you and your team, and when I say your team, I'm talking about everybody that joins with, I mean, you travel in a big tribe, uh, Gonzala, um, uh, Virginia, I mean, you bring them all, but you're all, y'all are very uh, energized because you like, you'll have the same shirts or mm -hmm. I, I just always know where the San Antonio HR uh, table is. <laughs> yeah, we're a team. Uh, we, we love to, to be together. And that's like, that's so refreshing because we put in a lot of volunteer hours for Sarma. And luckily we all really, we're friends, you know, besides serving on Sarma. So uh, we learn together, we laugh together, we you know, have fun together, and uh, it's it's a great team. I'm I'm so glad for that. Well, that's what it's all about. I, I honestly, I, I love your team. I, I, you know, when I was serving as president for Dallas HR, I remember Carlos Escobar mm -hmm. uh, was yeah. in leadership then. I know Jennifer Swisher. We both know Jennifer. I mean, there's just been some great, great leaders uh, in your association. We're going to talk a little bit about volunteer leadership as as we talk about leadership. Uh, during the uh, during the episode, but I want to start. Uh, I would l love for you to share just a brief highlight of ESC twenty and and who how you serve your customers. Sure. So ESC twenty is short for the Education Service Center Region twenty. Okay. So in Texas, we have education service centers around the state, and my location in San Antonio uh, services Region twenty. So um, the education service centers have been around for over 50 years. And what they do is they provide resources and training to the educational communities in the area from K to 12. So it could be ISDs, it could be charter schools, uh, whenever, for example, a teacher needs training or resources, or more, most importantly, during COVID having to learn 
how to um, switch to instructional learning online. Um, so digital communications and digital resource learning, just, just to, for example, there's so much more that uh, the ESCs support the educational community with. Man, I love that. And I appreciate you sharing that uh, for mm -hmm. all of our listeners that, that may not know. And so, hey, I want to get in, I want to get into uh, your story. I would love yeah. for you to share the Don Cunningham story. Like, where did you grow up? And how in the world did you get into HR and, and leadership? Well, I'm born and raised in San Antonio. I, I have never left San Antonio, uh, you know, permanently uh, in all my life. So I, I went to undergrad at UTSA, undefeated right now. Um, I love that. They are in the top 20. I saw I uh, the, uh, the Roadrunners, right? UTSA. The Roadrunners. Yes, yeah. they're in the top 25, one of four undefeated football teams. That's fantastic. Yes. Yes, very proud of that. So I uh, I got my undergrad there. My my major was sociology because I was just fascinated with with people. You know, I knew whatever I wanted to do, I wanted to to work with people, help people in some kind of way, but I really hadn't defined it. So after college, I went to work for the state of Texas and I worked in employment services and provided services to individuals on government assistance. Uh, I delivered training and case management and so forth. Did that for many years, basically helping my clients find employment. Mm. And so after all these years of helping people find employment, I wanted to be on the other side of the desk. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be the one hiring the individuals. So I said, well, I wanna get into HR. And so I made the leap over 22 years ago now to get my foot in the door with HR. And of course, as you know, in human resources, experience really does matter. Mm -hmm. So I started at the bottom and I took seasonal position working for SeaWorld. Mm -hmm. And I learned so much during that time because we did massive recruiting. So it wasn't long after that before I just got my feet wet and got a full-time job uh, working in an HR department. So that started my career in HR and I've progressed through the ranks, learning benefit support and uh, generalist uh, areas, uh, getting into management. I have you know, over 10 years in management. So it, it, it's been progressive. And then during that time, I went back to school and uh, got my master's at UIW. That continued my career journey. I got my master's in organizational development, which uh, helped me be in the more strategic world of HR as I you know, started becoming the HR manager and, and making more decisions and, and having more leadership um, leverage at that point. Wow. First of all, I admire you getting your master's degree. I mean, that is absolutely mm -hmm. fantastic. Just one thing I find about people that live life in the leadership lane is they are continuous learners. Absolutely. Uh, and they're always looking for ways to grow. But I want to go back to, so you knew you wanted to work with people. It's, it's so interesting how, as we're going through early in our career, we're trying to figure out, you know, our lane or what we're going to do. I had no idea what I was going to do. I mean, my parents owned a bowling center. 
and it was nights and weekends work. And I just remember thinking, I need a daytime job so I can have the weekends <laughs> off. I didn't know, but I got a degree in management and I did not know what I wanted to do. My brother had gotten a degree in management and I just thought, hey, you know what? He's pretty smart. Uh, I'm just mm-hmm. going to follow his lead. And it, it's worked out pretty well. Um, but, you know, working with people like, do you remember going like back to that time? Remember, like you, did you know what HR was at that time? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, I absolutely did. Because being, uh, I mean, I, I've, I've worked ever since I was, could could legally make a dollar, you know, like um, <laughs> uh, babysitting, paper route. And when, when I could finally, you know, find employment, I learned real quick the application process, the interview mm. process, who makes the decisions, you know, along the way, it, it was, it, I just learned more and more about the importance of human resources. And I, like I said, I really wanted to be that person on the other side of the desk that was um, making those very uh, important decisions for the organization. And, and so that's, that's kind of how it evolved. Yeah, I, I absolutely uh, I love that. And I was actually going back thinking about how you made a comment. And I think this is so true. Uh, but in this world we're in, this new uh, environment that we're in, this, this, this war on talent, I'm wanting to know, uh, and, and just since you've mentioned this, I want to go ahead and ask this question. That is, you says uh, experience matters. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people out there that are, well, first of all, there's a lot of organizations that are looking for talent. We both know that, right? Um, right. But there's a lot of talent out there. And, there, and there's this, that, that skills gap, that, ex, that experience gap. And so do you think it matters more today on that experience? Or do you think because we're in that war on talent, there's some different things that people are able to do to get kind of past that experience piece? Your thoughts? Mm-hmm. I, I still think you need a little bit of experience somewhere. I mean, skills and knowledge are great, but experience is, uh, it, it's golden. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it, it definitely makes people more marketable, valuable, even, um, even just a little bit of experience. I mean, I, there are some employers that will take a chance on someone that's just brand new uh, with just maybe academic um, knowledge and, and experience. Um, so it, it's an ever-changing world when it comes to that. It, it depends on the organization. It depends on the positions, the the culture, what they're you know what they're looking for. Well, what I what but you had mentioned also. You said, but I, I took a position uh, at SeaWorld, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and you did massive recruiting. So the thing I, I'm hoping people will hear on the podcast is that sometimes I remember John Maxwell uh, talking about the law of sacrifice. Sometimes you have to give up to go up yeah. and meaning that sometimes you may not have the experience for this particular position. So maybe just step back and take this position over here. It may not pay as much, or it may not be as attractive, but you can get the experience to get to this uh, other position. Absolutely. And I've done that more than one on more than one <laughs> occasion because uh, I either, you know, need, needed the experience, wanted to get my foot in the door, or quite frankly, I was uh, being, uh, I, I was interested in an organization that I didn't have 
as much knowledge in that particular industry. Um, of course, I've worked in manufacturing, I've worked in healthcare, I've worked in pseudo-governmental. Um, but you know, if you if you dive into an organization that um, does things completely different than what you're used to, there's still going to be a learning curve there. But yes, I um, I made the the intentional decision to take an entry level job at the beginning of my HR career because I knew I needed that experience. Yeah, and, that's, uh, yeah, that's awesome. I that. love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. I uh, I was actually thinking about whenever I I decided to move to Dallas, Texas. I had gotten a degree, and I thought, okay, it's time for me to have the office, you know, <laughs> overlooking yeah. the city. Yeah. And they said, Bruce, the way we train our 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 managers and our salespeople here is we start them out on the trucks, and so mm -hmm. we need you to be packing some boxes and get mm -hmm. out there and uh load some furniture and drive and i was like oh man really <laughs> and but you know years later you, you know that experience you can't pay for that experience it's just invaluable right. hey let me let me ask you a question as you have you got to this part of your career i always like to ask leaders that are, have really made impact I, I like to ask and you mentioned team earlier and i just love that have there been some like mentors or some people in your career that have helped you get to where you are now? I, I was just curious if you could share maybe who a few of them might be and, and what was it that made them such a great mentor? Absolutely. Every single place, every single employer that I have worked at, I've had incredible mentors, you know, it's good or bad. You learn from the bad ones too, but mm. you know, the ones that stick out um, Two I'll mention from the same employer. I used to work at North central Baptist hospital. I worked there for over five years and I worked for an incredible leadership team under an incredible uh, leadership group from my direct uh, mentor, Susan Monahan. She was my director. I learned so much for, from her, um, not just knowledge-wise, but how to interact with people. And she, she had so much patience and grace and taste, you know, knew, knew what to say and was very diplomatic. And so I, she led, led by example, and mm -hmm. I learned so much from her example. So I, I, I wanted to be her when, when I grew up to be a, you know, a real HR uh, leader and, uh, also, the CEO of the hospital, Mark Clayton, he was just a joy to work with. He had so much passion and so much um, caring about him personally. And he, he uh, always felt that, that training was very important. So all of the leaders of the hospital, we went through a regular professional development training. And it was a constant uh, a constant goal of ours to be um, doing better, improving processes, helping the patients um, more, just, just kept tweaking things and improving things to, to make things better for our patients, our visitors. That was our ultimate goal. And so um, Mark was a, like a level five leader, if you've read, you know, good to great, um, a servant leader, always doing for others, putting his team first, always giving credit to the team. And that stuck with me. And that is my, that's, that's my model as, as well. 
you know, I, whatever successes I have as a leader, it's because of who has supported me and helped me move my initiatives and goals forward and help me reach my goals. So um, that really stuck with me and it, and, you know, we're, to this day, I'm, I'm so grateful that I had that opportunity to work with, with those two of, of the best mentors uh, in my career. But along the line, you know, I've, I've worked with so many good people, um, it, it, not just in, in my work, but Sarma is another example because I've been involved with Sarma for so many years, serving on the board a couple of different times, um, meeting different people that come in and in and out of the board and serve on the board and, and contacts from Texas SHRM and National SHRM. And so I, I'm, I, I, like I said before, I'm just, I love, I'm fascinated with people and I love to, to, to collaborate and talk to people. And um, it's, it's just a, a, a constant flow of, of learning and fascination for me. Well, it feels good to work for a level five leader, doesn't it? Yes, it does. <laughs> yes, I, I, they I, set the bar so high. They do. They do. <laughs> and once you get up there, you can't go back, right? You've no. already learned it. So now mm-hmm. you can't go back. So you have to, you have to use the word earlier in our conversation is about being intentional. You have to be intentional mm-hmm. about everything you do. But when you have leaders that show you the way, I love how you said um, how your uh, one of the mentors had uh, showed you how to interact with people. You know, you don't think about some of those things. You know, a lot of times you're like, hey, show me how to do this, but not necessarily how to be this, right? And so now here you are, like, I want to be like you. And the people have incredible opportunities, just like yourself. People are probably looking at you saying, hey, I want to be like Dawn. I love the way she approaches people and interacts with people. And I just I just love how we have a, the opportunity to learn from people. And then we get to go show the way uh, for others. It's like a ripple effect, isn't it? It, it really is. And um, I, I am constantly evolving and developing and working on myself um, and studying others that I, I feel are like role models for the, the vocabulary they use, the, the, the um, presence that they have, uh, the, the command that they have with regard to whatever it is they're doing. But I know that not everyone is like that as well. Not everyone is, is extroverted like you and I, Bruce. You know, we, we see each other and we smile and we're, we're <laughs> chatting and whatever. But th- there are others that aren't as comfortable doing that. And I, I value that as well. And there is, there is a, a, a role for everyone in a team because we're not one size fits all. I like to, 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 you know, help those that want to get to uh, like maybe a different level, but if they're comfortable where they are, there's still, uh, they still have strengths and there's a balance there. I love how you shared that because you're right. Not everyone is going to interact the same way. Uh, but you, but you talked about how your mentor, uh, showed you how to interact with people. She didn't say interact with only these types of people, just yeah. people in general. Yeah. So uh, I think that we have an opportunity to meet people where they are. I think um, mm-hmm. Leslie mentioning mentioned that on on the podcast. I just love that. Well, thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. Hey, let's talk. Let's talk leadership. Uh, 2021. I, I'm just curious. You know, we're sitting here talking about 
uh, level five leaders and lead. So if someone asks you, hey, Don, you know, what would you, how would you define leadership? There's so many different ways to define it. How would you define it if somebody asked you that? Well, that's, that's a great question. And uh, I've pondered that a lot because of my position in Sarma. Um, a long time ago, I, I had to be nudged to be on the, the board. Um, and when I finally got in, I was like, yeah, I, I, I think I can do this. Um, I think part of the hesitancy that people have to take leadership is that they don't want to um, let people down. And so part, part of leadership is to not be afraid to make mistakes, to, mm -hmm. you know, to, um, to go out there and do what you think is right and follow, follow a guide of some kind. But um, there's, you know, it's, uh, it, it's putting yourself out there and mm -hmm. saying, hey, uh, this is the direction I'd like to go. And this is, uh, these are decisions that we need to make and just um, making that call, you know? So being a decision maker, being a problem solver, being a, a team rallier, it's like a coach, it's being a friend, being empathetic. It's like all these things rolled into one, being an example um, and hopefully a groundbreaker, you know, because there's, there's a little bit in all of the leaders that want to do something different that kind of stand out like you, Bruce, you, you, you found your leadership lane and you have your podcast and you have, you know, your, your, uh, your, your brand. And so I think uh, there, there's a part of all leaders that want to do it in their own unique way. So mm -hmm. leadership is, is a lot of things, um, but it's not, it's not, um, it's not being the boss. It's not getting your way all the time. It's not telling people what to do. It's um, that's, that's not my style. That's, you know, that's a different sort of style. I, uh, I, <laughs> I appreciate you when you, when you, you mentioned uh, it's not being afraid to make mistakes. And I'm, I have a love hate relationship with mistakes, Don. <laughs> I, uh, but you know, that's how we learn, but that's mm -hmm. how we learn. And I I've made yeah. an incredible amount of mistakes. I've, I was very, you know, being vulnerable. I think vulnerability is, is part of leadership too. And and uh, when I wrote my first book, I was very vulnerable. And I was like, why did I write that book? And, but once I put it out there, I was so grateful because it was like people were connecting with that. They were connecting with failure. Hey, I failed too. Yeah. Let's talk about that. And then, uh, you know, uh, you know, here we are later in our careers and we are still talking about failure because that's how we learn. We continue to learn that way, right? Right, exactly. I mean, there's no way we're going to know all the answers. Yeah. Uh, nobody knows all the answers. Uh, like I, I like to find out what's the answer or what's the best answer or what's the, what's the best option or what are the different options. Um, that's, the good thing is we don't really have to reinvent the wheel. There's yeah. so many great examples out there to, that have already led the way, have already yeah. thought of uh, best practices. I'm glad you said that because I think a lot of times we're all trying to figure out, oh man, we got to figure this out on our own or we got to, there's a new way, but you know, there's, there's so many people that have already gone through ahead of us and shown us that we just got to go look for it. You know, the, 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 the saying, you look for the good, you see the good, 
right? So look for personal development. You see personal development. Look for growth. You see growth. You look. So we just got to figure that out. Hey, I'm, I'm curious. You know, the last couple of years have been very, very, very heavy, right? As a matter of fact, I think that was the second time we've met as an organization for Texas Sherm uh and in a long time and and i was just curious have you have you changed your the way you lead in the last couple of years or do you continue to lead the same i, I, I was just curious if it's impacted you at all we have uh at, at the at the sarma board level we have definitely changed yeah um it, it is not business as usual last year was the worst of course, the past the past president Virginia, she had it the worst. She had mm -hmm. to figure it all out, mm -hmm. and I was just hoping that we would be more back to normal in 2021. <laughs> so part of me was in a little bit of denial, and I was like, "Yeah, we're gonna have in person meetings. <laughs> Come on, right out of the bat, January." Yeah. And I was, you know, because I like in person, and mm -hmm. um, but I I recognized that that it was a slow process getting people back to a routine and so we had to shift we had to think of different ways of delivering the same value and content in uh, a virtual way and an in-person way and again one size does not fit all with the board too i had challenges with the board because we have just uh, as the general public well my board is part of the general public so some of them were comfortable coming to meetings in person some of them were not mm. So having to do board meetings virtually in, and um, communicate a lot more through email or phone, not, not having that face-to-face -face kind of, you know, collaborative feel like we used to when we're all around the table, uh, we've really just had to accommodate a lot more uh, this year and, of course, last year, just a lot of accommodations, and, and I've had... Um, just a uh, intentional grace about it. If mm. people were having a hard time fulfilling their board responsibilities or maybe falling behind on some projects that they had committed to, I would just um, be there to su support them. I'm not going to say, well, you, you know, you're going to be off the board if you don't, you know, <laughs> deliver this or that. I mean, I yeah. um, reminded people of the the responsibilities of, you know, let's say attendance or, or whatever, but I, I'm not going to be the one that just kind of says, oh, well, you're not, you're not doing what you're supposed to, you're off the board. I mean, really trying to be understanding uh, as much as I can to um, give that leniency and flexibility so they can do what they can. I mean, we're an all volunteer board, so mm. it should, it shouldn't be, um, a, a huge chore. We should enjoy doing yeah. what we're doing for the board. So. I, I love how you uh, ended with that. We should enjoy that because we, we, we have had a hard, man, it's been a rough, rough time. Uh, but I recently uh, was involved in, uh, participated in a, a volunteer leader sub summit for Louisiana Sherm. And the state director asked me to come on and, and, and meet with the team and just share just some thoughts to try to help re-energize them. I mean, Louisiana has gone through quite a bit, uh, not just the coronavirus, but hurricanes and different things like that. Okay. And I, I was just sharing this and I, and I want to go back to, to what you said. And that was a lot of time, you know, we should enjoy what we're doing. Right. And so I, I asked the group and what really kicked this off is I asked the group, Hey, 
Uh, and I'm saying this for all the listeners out there too, because I think we all need to hear this, you know, reflect back the first time like you became uh, a volunteer or part of a meeting or, or new in a company and, and think about that. And then when you started like uh, enjoy, like, okay, this is my, this is my group. This is my tribe. I'm enjoying this. And then we, we get going along and then all of a sudden we become vol, you know, leaders. And then we have all this responsibility. And then all of a sudden we often forget why we're there. And, and that is to serve people, to help people and what, whatever it is we're doing. And I think that uh, a lot of time, you know, I, I was trying to, I was talking to somebody the other day and they were like, and it's really hard because we're not able to meet. And I said, but the mission is still the same. Nothing changed, right? You still are there to serve, uh, in your particular case, the San Antonio human resource uh, professionals, right? And so right. trying to figure that out. But I love what you said about that joy, because I think that is so important, don't you? It is so important. And I am not going to do this if I'm not having fun, Bruce. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. This is how you mean I you don't have... get paid millions of bucks to do this? <laughs> <laughs> no, I do it because it's fun. Yeah. This is, um, you know, my second time around on the board. And the first time uh, I was on the board many years ago under Carlos and Jeff, you know, that, that, uh, that board, yeah. we had a lot of fun. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's, um, there's there's got to be an element of that and so um uh, i was bound and determined when it was my turn when when it was my board we were going to have fun and we were you know so i've i've been um done my best to have uh several events and and fun events and team building and opportunities for my board to to travel as well to learn more at uh, the Texas Shore meetings and HR Southwest. And, and um, we got together for National Sherm as well. So, um, and while we're there, you know, we take the opportunity to get together and, and just get to know each other as people and, and uh, get to know our families. And, um, and like I said before, we like each other. We like to be around each other and joke and, and so forth. I can tell that every time, like I said, every time I see you all together, I mean, I could just feel the energy and I just love it. Hey, I, I want to ask you a question. And then I'll, I want to ask you about something you, you all have going on. Uh, and I, I'm just, I want to ask this question because a lot of times I'm trying to really like, I'm on a mission to help people invest, invest in, in volunteering uh, outside the workplace. Cause there's just so many upsides, right? I mean, you, you develop a network, you grow all this stuff. I, I want to ask you, Don. How has volunteering, because it takes a lot of time, how has volunteering helped you become a better leader? Well, um, I've thought about this a lot. You know, why do I keep volunteering? Why do I keep serving on the board? Well, it's because I like it. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I'm that type of person. I like to make connections. I like to connect with people, but I also like to make connections if I know uh, this person over here has a need and this person over here has a need and those needs match. Well, I want to be the one to, to uh, connect those people. And it's, you know, it, it's just, uh, it's networking is so valuable. It's, it's like gold. Mm. Um, so it's, it's something you have to constantly be working at too, uh, along with constant learning. So 
Um, I think it's the responsibility of a leader to have a, um, a presence in their world. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's lots of people that, you know, they go to, they go to work and they go home and they, they um, and that's, that's fine. Um, and, and that's, that's their routine, but there's, you get so much more out of it when you, when you uh, stretch your wings and you broaden your, your horizons and you, you, you know, um, put some things on your calendar that where you might have an opportunity to, to meet someone or serve someone. Because when you have a, a particular knowledge and all of us have different, we come from different education, skills, knowledge, experience, geography, ethnicity, we're, we're all so diverse. And, and I believe you should share you know, your, your time, your talent, and to, to enrich others, to teach others. I, and that's, that's just, that's me naturally wanting to do that um, at, you know, all along, not just this part in, in my career. Um, I've just had that desire to, to help others. Um, but volunteering is, um, you got to find your sweet spot mm. because uh, early on, I would, vol as a young mom, you know, I would volunteer for the PTA. I would volunteer for church committees. And I didn't know back then how to gauge my abilities to fulfill commitments. And so I was over committing myself because, oh yeah, I'll do that. I'll do this. Yes, I'll sign up for that. And it was, then it got overwhelming. And then what, what did I want to do? Well, I wanted to just quit. And I realized that I was like, you know what? that's not right. I, I committed to this. I should not just say, oh, I can't do that. But I know people do that. So along the, along the way, I learned to really say, okay, what to, to learn about what is the commitment? What is my responsibility? And can I really fulfill this 100% to, you know, which is what I want to do. I want to do a good job, even though it's a volunteer job. I want to do a good job at whatever it is I commit to doing. So I think for volunteering, it's an individual thing. And we're constantly having this, this conversation with SARMA members that want to get involved or not sure they want to get involved. And I, we hear over and over, well, I don't, I don't have that much time. I don't have that much time. And my response to them is give what you can. Mm. Give whatever you can, whatever input, whatever time you have. If someone wants to help, that doesn't mean they have to be in charge of the whole shebang. They can be on a committee, a committee of several committee members, and their input can be very valuable to the committee as a whole without having that huge responsibility of, of leading the committee. So it's baby step, steps for some, and then there's others that are just ready to go full on, you know, like, <laughs> want to take on the world. So it's, it's different, but you know, some people need, need encouragement. And I, I believe words, words matter. So like when I was first approached to be in, in, on the board, I, I was encouraged to be on the board. I was convinced to be mm. on the board. I didn't raise my hand and say, I'd like to be mm. on the pharma board. So it took someone to see something in me. Uh, they, you know, they, they, saw that I was active. I was an active member. I, 
I had started to have a presence in, in the group, I suppose, where I, I was becoming familiar face and someone who would be a good fit. So that's, uh, that's kind of how I started. And, and I remember that. So when I see a prospective member, you know, for our board that could really give value to the organization, I want to make sure that they know that. Mm, I love that. I love that, man. There's no uh, better form of recognition than encouragement. I'll tell you. Now you uh, uh, you have a pretty exciting conference coming up. I want to real quick uh, share that. I was just reading uh, "Facing the Future Together." Looks like the conference is coming up. Well, you'd think February 2022 is a long ways away, but it is less than 90 days. Uh, tell us, tell us about that. Are you excited? Exactly. We're very excited. This is the symposium the, uh, that we do every year, every year, um, the South Texas HR Symposium. And uh, last year, unfortunately, well, this year, 2021, last symposium, we had to switch to an all virtual one day event. So we're very happy to announce now that we are going back to an in-person two day event like we have traditionally done. So that's in February. And we start planning um, right after the, the last one, we start planning the, the next one. And it's our largest conference of the year that is completely coordinated through SARMA and, and planned by SARMA. So there's a, there's a lot of activity going on behind the scenes with our symposium committee and our um, you know, speakers are getting lined up as we speak. The agenda is getting put together as we speak. The information is on the SARMA website. And so if there's anyone, I just talked to someone this week uh, who's in California and she was saying, oh, I'd love to come to San Antonio. I said, well, if you need an excuse to come to San Antonio, come to the symposium. You know, so she's uh, probably going to, to be one of our exhibitors at the exhibit hall. And so... Um, we, we draw lots of attendance uh, traditionally uh, through attendees, uh, through exhibitors, sponsors, speakers, and uh, those all important continuing education credits that we offer during that two days. So it's a good shot in the arm for anyone who needs to get a bunch of uh, HR credits under, under their belt. Oh man, I, I, I'm excited. I, in 2019, I got a chance to speak at one yeah. of the uh, sessions I remember the keynote. So you had Jennifer McClure, who's been a guest on this podcast, mm -hmm. and she was talking about the future of work, which she was amazing. And you mm -hmm. had Johnny C. Taylor Jr. Yeah. come yeah. just bring down the house. Yeah, uh, it was so great. I just remember just a great environment. And I was just thinking, and you've got some great people working on that, right, uh, uh, Marita? Uh, is Marisa, yeah, yes, uh -huh. uh, is part of that. I know uh, you and, and Virginia, there's lots, Virginia, of, people. There's lots yeah. of people working on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, the 2019 symposium was off the hook. It was, <laughs> it was our 60th anniversary. Rhonda, so I think it was, it was Rhonda great. Mitchell who was, uh, at, invited me to that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Rhonda, Rhonda Michelle and all the other past presidents were invited to come out. So we had a bunch of past presidents during that uh, symposium. You got some amazing people. I was just looking at the site before I uh, got on here and I, you know, I, you know, Rose Morales, uh, she's 
in your mm-hmm. area. I met Sheila Price at the yeah. uh, at, at the uh, HR Southwest Conference, and I've, I've mentioned uh, several others. So you're just a, a great team. And so that's mm-hmm. February 17th and 18th. I will put the, the link in the show notes. So that way someone listening to this Thank podcast you. could actually click the link if they want to check that out and, and learn more about that. And so we're, we're certainly, there. but I, I was looking, you have some pretty uh, great keynotes, but one of those I, I met, uh, was going to mention was the chief knowledge officer for mm-hmm. Sherm mm-hmm. and that's Alex mm-hmm. Alonso. So he'll be great. Yes. We're, yeah. we're very excited. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. I'm so excited about that. Hey, I, w- I want to ask you this real quick. And that is Someone that's as busy as you, uh, I'm just curious, are you an early morning person? I always like to like pull out, you know, are you an early morning or are you a late night? Um, what's one thing you do every day to kind of keeps you on track? You know, my name is Dawn, but I'm not a morning person. <laughs> I'm more likely to stay up till dawn yeah. than wake up at dawn. <laughs> um, but every day you know, um, I see what I, what the priorities are. Um, and luckily I've developed some pretty good time management skills. Yeah. So you really do need to be organized when you have a lot of responsibility, you need to either have that organization, uh, time management yourself, or you need to have some support to help you keep on track. And luckily with, um, being the president of Tharma, I don't do it alone. This is no way under me. It's it's a bunch of people coming together, fulfilling their part of the, the pie, put, putting their, their puzzle piece into it. So it all comes together. And uh, our great administrative support, uh, Celia Rosas, you know, who is our chapter management professional, helps us. She's our Sarma Google. Any, <laughs> any question we have, what did we do here? What did we do there? Um, we just ask Celia, time management. Um, I figure out what I need to do and, and knowing how long it takes you to do something is another key to time management. So um, if I know I, I, there's an area that I struggle with, you know, like the board knows that I'm not good at, at numbers and finances. So I really do need that extra treasure, support, from, support from treasury. I need to take extra time to look at the, the PNL and the, and the spreadsheets and so forth. Um, so so if I know it's something that's going to take me longer, I just build that into my day. Yeah, that's fan. I love that. The Sarma uh, Google. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yes. Hey, I want to, uh, I want to, I, I do want to ask this one question and, and it's a question I think is important. And that is, you know, I always talk about finding your lane, your purpose. And I was just curious if, you know, when did you find your lane, your purpose? I know we talked about, your journey through, but was there like a moment when that light bulb went on and said, I love what I do? Um, my, my purpose in life, I think in general, is to contribute to someone else to, to make a difference in some way. I, I'm, I, I hope that I make a positive difference along the way in my interactions, in my work, in my, my volunteer work, in my family. Um, that's, that's my, you know, my purpose every day. I appreciate you sharing that. Cause I really feel like when uh, our purpose and our careers align, life is just more joyful. It just is. And so thank you for sharing that. Hey, I got one last question before we get into it's time to accelerate. And I always like to ask a question around advice. And I learned so much 
uh, from guests on the show. And I know listeners uh, learn from this. Were you ever given any advice from, it could have been a family member or someone, you know, at the, at the, um, in your former workplace or, or your current workplace, or maybe even somebody on the summer board, they gave you some advice. It was so good. You just find yourself sharing it with others. An overall theme that really stuck with me is reward around reward and recognition. I'm a big believer of reward and recognition. So when you're a leader and you, you want to um, keep things moving in the right direction, or you want to give someone a little bit of a push or a little bit of an encouragement, um, reward and recognition goes a long way. So, I, you know, from a long time ago, I've just learned, you know, how I felt when I was rewarded and recognized for doing something great or good, or maybe I didn't even know what I was doing was all that great, but someone brought it to my attention. And I thought, well, I was just doing what naturally came to me. But now that you've, you know, recognized that I'm going to, I'm going to do it more, or I'm, I'm, you know, like, I'm really going to hone this skill that has been recognized. So I believe that wholeheartedly, you know, that um, uh, reward and recognition goes a long way. And, uh, you know, with the board, I'm thankful for everything, all the contributions that, that they give to Sarma in, in whatever capacity they can. Um, I, I believe people should be recognized and rewarded for their contributions. And so um, I don't know if that, that kind of counts as advice, but it has stuck with me. And, and that's what I would advise someone to make sure you always reward and recognize someone. And it's, again, not one size fits all. Really find out what, what that person uh, likes. You know, some people like to be publicly recognized. Some people don't. They would really appreciate a quiet little handwritten note. Uh, or food. Food is always the universal. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. that's so true. And that, you know what, that's great, great advice. I love that. This has been so good. Hey, we're going to shift over to his time to accelerate. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions as we wrap up our conversation. A first question I always like to ask, uh, would you rather read a book or listen to a podcast? Podcast. I have to say podcast. Podcast. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, you know, I'm on the podcast. It's more interactive. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, you know, this is being played in November, uh, which is a great time to, to be grateful. And I was just wondering, what are you grateful for? Oh, I'm so grateful personally for my family and my family support and everything that uh, they've done and do to help me, um, you know, just get through this life and, and live a full, full life. Professionally, I can't say enough about, you know, my team here at ESC20. They're the nicest people I've ever worked with. Everybody is, is so nice and supportive and, and it makes it nice to come to a, an organization that uh, you feel good about and supports you in your endeavors, the extracurricular endeavors like SARMA. And in SARMA, I, um, I'm constantly thanking my board. They're probably tired of me always thanking them and sending them car e-cards e and whatever, but I, I just can't thank them enough for everything that they've done uh, to make me look good 
because it's not my, you know, it's not my organization. It's our organization. It's, it's the organization that we commit to run and lead and, and serve. Um, so I, I've been blessed with the best board um, that has been so supportive and, um, and, and really uh, knowledgeable and come, comes to the table with ideas and, and doesn't, um, it, it takes things constructively if their ideas don't get adopted, you know, no, no egos, uh, you know, whatsoever. Um, we work really well together and um, I've just, uh, I'm just so thankful that I've had that support this year. It's, it's made my year as the president so much more enjoyable, so much more fulfilling, and I'll never, ever forget this experience. And it's because of the board I had. Oh, man. That, that gave me chills, Don. <laughs> chills. That was so, so good. You are definitely a grateful leader, uh, for sure. And uh, uh, I'm, I'm with you on that. I remember serving with Dallas HR as president and just remember just the, the joy of being surrounded by some of the most amazing people, not just volunteers, not just HR professionals, people. Uh, that made me better as a person, made me better in my career and as a person. Uh, it, it's incredible. So, so I, uh, man, I know the people listening are, are going to appreciate that for sure. Hey, um, I got one last question. And this is my, uh, man, my favorite question. I like to ask my guests. And, and the question is, Don, 10 years older, is knocking at your front door right now. And you're going to go answer that door. What's she going to tell you? Wow. That, um, see, you didn't have to worry so much. <laughs> it all worked out. It always does. Just have faith and let, let the plan take shape. Have faith. Mm, my heart is full, Don. <laughs> I am so grateful you came on to the podcast and, just shared your perspective. Uh, and I know listeners, I know I'm confident that they're going to take away something uh, that they can take back to the workplace uh, to help them as well. Uh, if someone heard something from you, wants to learn a little bit more about Sarma or wants to check out the conference, how, how could they connect with you? So all things Sarma are on our website, sarma.org. And I would love to meet anyone who's in the area. We always have an opportunity to meet face-to-face, -face, either an upcoming mixer or um, the conference or what, what have you. You can also direct message me to LinkedIn. I will warn people that I get so many LinkedIn requests that un unless there's a note or some kind of explanation or or like we met, oh, this is me. And I met, you know, we met at wherever, wherever. So that helps me decipher, um, you know, who is this person reaching out to me? So I'm <laughs> that glad would you, be, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you shared that because I, I, I do like to always mention, if you're reaching out on LinkedIn, always put a note uh, in, in the comments. It helps, it helps us because you're right. We all get a lot of different LinkedIn requests and we're trying to figure out if we know them or how we can help them. And so, Hey, uh, you're definitely driving in the leadership lane. I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for your leadership with Sarma and Texas Sherm. And, uh, but most importantly, I'm thankful for our, our friendship. And so yes. thanks again for being on the, uh, the podcast, Don. 
Thank you so much, Bruce. It's, I mean, uh, I can't even remember when we, when we met, but it's always good to talk to you. It's always good, good to interact with you. You're so much fun and, and uh, uh, very a pleasure to, to serve with in the Texas Sherm arena as well. And thank you so much for inviting me to share my thoughts uh, uh, during this time of my presidency at Pharma. Well, I cannot wait to share it. It's going to share uh, here in uh, the next week or so. I'll let you know about that. I cannot wait to share it. And I can't wait to see you in February. So uh, listen, have a great Thanksgiving and we'll talk to you later. All right. Thank you.